And we're back with another episode of the Good Buddy Sports Bar. Um, on this episode, you got your host, Skinny Burt. I'll be trying to drive us through this thing. Hopefully, we can be as smooth as possible. Uh, we got a three ball today, and with me, I got Jordan Smith. How's it going, Jordan? How's the, how's the golf game looking? Hey, Bert. Doing well. Golf game, solid. Still uh, still playing well. Looking forward to getting back to Canada and playing some. Yeah, I think next week we'll dive into in a preview of the Good Buddies Open. Um, we'll chat about the course that we're playing, the rock up there. And uh, yeah, we'll get some analysis on that. But looking forward to seeing you back in Canada. AP, what's going on? Not much, man. Just waiting to go back east for a little bit like everyone else on this pod yeah get back to the swampy heat of the east from the nice dry heat that we got yeah, out here I, I can't wait to just be sweaty <laughs> mess on the golf course uh, um so wanted to get into a bunch of stuff this week so let's hop right into it we'll start off with uh, a recent golf trip and asked you guys about your well not ap but asked short about his golf game i'll chat briefly about mine um been in a bit of a blender the last few weeks got the chunks right now and uh was lucky enough to play two of the top 20 courses in canada last week in uh, Banff springs and mickelson national um, two completely different golf experiences. Very cool to have each one of them. But um, yeah, from an overall standpoint, it was really interesting playing the number seven course in Canada. Um, don't know if I'd necessarily rank Banff Springs that high, just in playing it now. Um, traditional parkland course, um, but really nothing stood out besides, I'd say, two or three holes, one of which was the Devil's Cauldron. Um, long par three, played that one from the back. It was almost playing 200 yards to this tiny P-shaped green um, with big pot bunker on the right side. Um, had to carry water almost fully, but um, overall wasn't overly impressed with the experience of Bam Springs. Um, I think in the coming weeks, we can get into a little bit more detail on the Canadian top 100 list, but um, yeah, it didn't really stand out to me as a great course. I know it has historical relevance um, and that's kind of my hot take for the week. Banff Springs being overrated as a golf course. I'll kind of pause there, see what you guys think on that front from anybody that you've talked to that's played the course or thoughts on the top 100. Yeah, I mean, we can get into it next week or in a couple weeks when we talk about that. I think the historical significance is weighted too heavily when they rank those courses. Like, it's more the traditional, you know, 100-year-old layout from those designers that seems to get more credit than some of the newer courses. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Yeah, it almost felt like we were zigzagging back and forth playing the same par four over and over again um, with that course. So it just, I get it. I get the historical significance, like being able to build that course at the turn of the 1900s um, and doing it in tough terrain. I see the difficulty there, but overall just didn't see the um, appeal outside of the views. Jordan, anything you got to add? 
not really familiar with that course. I've never played it and don't know a ton about it, but I assume it's like beautiful views and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, absolutely. Like the, I will say rating. it was a beautiful course, um, but you can go to Banff and hike and get the beautiful views and, uh, and, and actually enjoy your day. So when you're shooting 89 and you got the chunks, not a great day. Uh, Mickelson, on the other hand, more length style course. I thought that course has the ability to be up there every year if they continue to advance that course as it gets more mature because it was only open in 2020. Um, some of the bunkering systems around the greens, um, it can play a lot tougher in the coming years as it gets more mature. So looking forward to seeing how it holds up, but very tough track. Um, undulating greens. Um, huge green complexes that were rolling probably 11 or 12 and uh, just tough to stick. You had to have a short game like Phil in order to play there. But um, overall, fun time. Shot 89 at Banff Springs and then followed it up with another chunky 97 at Mickelson. So not coming into the good buddies open <laughs> in the best form. Bert sandbag is handy for the open is what's happening. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shoot a hundred tomorrow. I actually, I heard. uh, I I got a buddy that just played that Mickelson course last week as well, and he really liked it. Said um, he thinks Liv should run a Canadian event there. Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't know about it. Yeah, is a beauty. Um, Like a modern facility. Top-notch finishings there. It, it was a real cool spot, um, and I would go back there in a second. Yeah, so really cool spot. Um, okay. Let's get into the weekend that was. Uh, before we get into a wrap for the Scottish Open, wanted to play a bit of a game with the two of you guys. Um, in golf, you got high-low. Um you also want to be low when it comes to golf. That's the good side. So what we're going to do is give your low, which which is the good for the week, and then your high, which is your bad for the week. So we'll start off with Jordan. What did you have um, coming out of the weekend as your As my low, I've got Steph Curry putting on a show in Tahoe, um, the hole-in-one on Saturday. And the Eagle on 18 to win it in walk-off fashion is pretty uh, pretty fun to watch. That's such a cool tournament and vibe up there. I was hoping to go this year but wasn't able to make it happen um, with all the travel I've got coming up. But um, hopefully next year I'll get up there and maybe be posted up on a boat and on the lake and take that in. Um, I've watched Steph probably in most of his like tournaments that he's played that have been televised and he hasn't quite had his a game for a lot of them, but he definitely did this week and some big time highlights. Yeah, I love the laid back uh, kind of party atmosphere. You got the, in essence, three point shooting quote unquote contest going on. Steph throwing some backwards Ray Ray and Kyle Lowry not looking like the sharpest shooters out there, but it, it looks like a great time, great atmosphere. And then you're high for the week. What do you got? Um, not a ton of negative 
high for the week stuff. Uh, I, I didn't watch as much golf as I normally do this weekend um, due to some due to my anniversary and some other things that had me traveling around um, California. But um, I'd say Terrell Hatton's final round, three, o- three over or whatever it was, um, I had a bet on him and I thought he was looking good coming into that round to go deep and make a run at the Scottish Open. No, but and he had the lead making the turn. Wasn't meant to be. Crazy. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit bigger of a breakdown to build off your low for the week with Steph Curry. Um, I'll throw a high in there also with Marty fish getting yelled at on the 18th tee, having an opportunity to maybe win the tourney, um, blast the drive, uh, way off course. And, uh, yeah, just an unfortunate series of events for him. AP, what do you got for your low? My low is Robert McIntyre's performance. I mean, it took, I mean, it's his home tournament or championship. He put on an absolute show in the final round, shooting 64. I mean, that, that, that performance reminds me of when Phil and Stenson battled for the British Open and Phil lost. And he's like, I don't know what you expect me to do here. Like, he had a ridiculous round and someone just beat him. I think, you know, McIntyre, he hit a crazy shot on 18 to get it close to finish off strong. And then Rory came in and hit, you know, an even more ridiculous shot on 18 to beat him. So, you know, Robert McIntyre's, he played really well. It's got to be an amazing feeling, you know, kind of like uh, in the Canadian Open where you get that close and you potentially win your National Open. Uh, my my high score for the week is Sergio not making it to the to the open and not qualifying. He's kind of a standard um, person you expect to see in all the majors. Um, and it's going to be an interesting open to watch without Sergio being in it. Yeah. A bit of a weird feel to it for sure. And it would have been kind of cool going into the, um, the British open having Nick Taylor winning the Canadian. Then you got Robert McIntyre winning the Scottish could it be Tommy Fleetwood for the win in uh, at the British to make it three for three there on the uh, homeland soil? Um, those are good. Uh, McIntyre definitely showed out and just got beat by the, I guess, hotter golfer at that time. Rory hitting that ridiculous two iron on 18 and hitting five iron on 17 for a birdie birdie finish was great. I will go a little bit off the beaten path and go with two LPGA lows and highs. So my low for the week is Mia Hammond shooting six under, getting the T26, 15-year-old who just won the drive, putt, and chip championship this past year going out there on the LPGA and having a great showing in her first event. So kudos to her for that. Uh my high for the week is Lydia Ko dropping seven strokes because she was playing preferred lies throughout her round when only numbers one and 10 were playing preferred lies. So unfortunate series of events for her, but uh, I want to know what happened on one and 10 that made it play as preferred lies and the rest of the course was fine. So that was just kind of a weird one for me. But uh, yeah, those are my 
lows and highs. Um, anything else you guys got to add? No, I, I thought that was pretty good. I, I kind of there's a couple things. You know, Jordan talking about the tournament in Tahoe and like that environment and that you know that is very much a live type environment. Um, the other one is my hot take for the for the British Open is Tyrrell Hatton making a run. Okay, we'll keep that one for our preview towards the end of the show. So yeah. we'll we'll remember that. Perfect. So as a quick wrap up from the weekend, Scottish Open happened last weekend. Rory obviously winning, going birdie birdie down the stretch. Um, there's a couple of different things that happened throughout the weekend. Jord was touching on his high, which was Hatton having the lead at the turn. He looked like he was chugging along and was going to be a force. And this is what you and I talked about last week, Al, um, when it comes to Hatton. He can get hot, and that could be great for the European Ryder Cup team. Uh, But then he's also got the lows of lows, having a bit of a temper tantrum, coming down the stretch, um, flipping off the 18th hole, and uh, just not enjoying that backside. Anything else that stood out for you guys on the weekend that you saw um, outside of the Rory... Bobby Mack and uh, Terrell Hatton. Uh, I would say the less than stellar finish by Tom Kim was disappointing. I love watching him golf. I think he's he's definitely part of the future. I would have loved to have seen him kind of hold it together and be in, in the mix at the end. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before we see him put it together in a final round again um, and be able to pull it out. Those winds were whipping and in those sorts of conditions, you just got to be hitting your iron so pure. And Rory was just all week, a ball striking machine. Um, The one thing that does scare me coming out of it, you look at his round, he did shoot two under, there weren't a whole heck of a lot of rounds that were under par, but it's one of those situations where I almost get the feeling like Rory protects the lead to a fault. And that's where he got lapped last year with Cam Smith. He was just trying to protect the lead. He wasn't really getting after it. And he's not the greatest putter on tour. So he's got to hit it tight um, down the stretch in order to get birdie putts and birdie opportunities. Um so I want to see him be more aggressive during those final rounds like he is in the days prior. Um, and that's that's where you kind of saw him lose last year during the British Open. Maybe I'm just the only one who feels that way. But uh. No, I think it, you know, it. he seems to have the ability to switch it on and off, like, in a moment's notice. I mean, that shot on 18 was just, he just switched it on. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go win this tournament. Um, but I completely agree with you. If he could keep it kind of on for the entire final round, or at least the, the back nine in the final round, he could be you know, pulling away in some of these tournaments. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, I think we've kind of exhausted the Scottish Open. Really, it was Rory just stealing that tournament, Bobby Mack having a great showing. Uh, So we'll wrap that up. 
Let's move on to the British Open. We got that coming up this weekend at Hoya Lake. Looking at the layout of that track, um, very traditional in its layout. Um, It's got a lot of classic golf course design, blind tee shots, deep pop bunkers protecting both the fairways and green sides. So those I think are going to be penal. Um, Some areas that are playing with the eye, whether it be blocking out parts of the green with mounds on um, parts of the fairway or having some bunkering that's short of the green, making it seem like it's a lot closer there to kind of trap players. But um, from your guys' perspective, what do you see as being the thing that's going to win this tournament this week? Jord, any thoughts? I mean, like usual, I think it's just a ball-striking tournament. Um, You've obviously got to combine that with rolling in enough putts. But, um, you know, tee to green, ball-striking, strokes gain up from, you know, hitting irons into the wind and just classic Lynx golf. Um, I'm curious to see how long or short the course actually plays i've been reading that it's got a lot of rain and might be a little softer than usual i think when rory and tiger won at this course they hit like one driver or something around like they're hitting irons off every on every tee shot and um if that's the case again um you know obviously those guys that can hit long irons a long way off the tee and keep it keep it in the fairway. Um, we'll have a big advantage. Um, but yeah, if it is soft and you can be hitting driver, then that might open it up to more people. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a it's a ball strikers tournament, and you just got to roll in enough putts. Um, you know, I think Scotty Scheffler is definitely clearly having the best year from a ball striking perspective, a historic year. And if he can roll in enough putts, I think he's, he's should be, and is the favorite along with Rory coming off the win. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's some, I look, I look at all these tournaments from a betting perspective and uh, there's some pretty big numbers besides some really good golfers in this tournament. So um the books seem to think it's a favorites. One of the favorites is going to run away or walk away with this. Um, but there's, you know, a ton of really good players that have some, some big time odds. Um, that so who do you look at to have good odds that are favorable right now that you would say, quote unquote, are underdogs? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's more like when you look at, um, I know this will piss off Al, but Cantlay is like 30 to one, um, in a major and he was like 15 to one at the U S open, you know? And, um, it, it just like that, that sort of number is the sort of, even though you got to kind of put your feeling for the player, um, to the side and just take value and when it's there i think that's one um i mean there's lots of them like even like 
Finau, even though he hasn't been playing well, is like 60 to 1. Um, Gooch is 80. There's, um, I mean, I think even Brooks at 20 and 22 to 1, like, I think that's pretty good value for him. Um, obviously. Yeah, there's just to cut in. I think I think the uh, Finau one's interesting because he does love link style golf. But then the Brooks one is interesting to me. And coupling that with something that you said just a moment ago, the course is looking greener and softer than it has in past opens here. Um, the last two, you brought up the fact that everybody was hitting iron off the tee, and that's because. It looked like it was a dust bowl out there. So dry. Um, drought had hit those two years, and they also hadn't been um, watering the course either. So I think it's going to be a totally different um, open this time around. I don't think that you're going to get some of those crappy um, rolls that you have historically at an open. So you don't necessarily have to be patient and wait through some of those um, moments where you're lying in a pop bunker just and you hit it perfectly down the middle of the fairway just because of the kick that it took. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I think that helps Brooks because he does love bombing it. Um, you can hit a lot more driver to your point and it is going to stick and not roll out as much. So that could be one. To yeah, I think on. it's, you know, putting is going to be a premium. You know, what was the stat we saw the other day? 20, the average number of putts by an open winner is 29. We're not lighting the world on fire when it comes to playing these courses and winning. So, yep. you know, those guys that are really good putters or can get it close. Um, I like the Taylor Gooch call out, Jordan. I think he's been winning on live this year. He's been playing well. I think he's he's definitely up there in my list of guys who could make a run. You know, Scotty. He's the world number one for a reason right now. But then you can't forget about Cam Smith. I mean, he's a, an unbelievable putter. And if his iron game is on, I think those are kind of my three. Scheffler, Cam Smith, and and Gooch with a little sprinkle of Hatton in there. If he's you know using his frustration from last week as his superpower for this week, that could be interesting as well. Yeah, I mean Cam is Cam's the defending champ. He's I see him as the fourth favorite right now, plus sixteen hundred, which I think is probably a pretty good number. Um, but yeah, he I'm coming off the win. It's hard to you know live is is different golf, and this this is going to be a completely different setting and feel and. You know, it really depends on conditions. Like, they could get a ton of wind and rain um, this week. And, you know, Liv, Liv hasn't kind of had that challenging condition golf, at least from what I've been seeing. And, you know, whether Gooch or Cam can find the form in in tougher conditions um, will be interesting to see. I, I suspect they can yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the the factor that we don't talk about in this is just pure confidence coming into it. And when you're playing well, you're playing well, and you feel better, and you just continue to, you know, hit the ball well. And I think that that's a factor that will come into play when it comes to at least Gooch. I mean, and Scheffler, but yeah, I think it's it is going to be a ball strikers 
turning and looking at the weather report right now, it's looking like rain from Friday through to Sunday, relatively cool temps and the winds aren't looking like they're going to be too crazy. So, um, yeah, I don't know if the wind's going to be much of a factor when it comes to play. Like we're looking at max 25 kilometer an hour winds, which isn't crazy when you're talking about like style golf. So maybe right. let's give yeah, our let's thinking, let's yeah. give our top three picks. So give three picks and then a my wild card. Yeah, my top three picks in no specific order are Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, and Rory. But my dark horse pick is Tyrrell Hatton. Okay. Interesting. Jordan, what do you got? Give me your three plus your wild card. Well, I I mean, do you want my three bets, you know, kind of based on value, or do you want me like Al just rolled off the, the top three guys? <laughs> and you can choose the, you can choose the same three guys if you want. Um, um give give us I think you got a little bit more of a, a betting mentality and you don't always look to the top of the list. So give us your three value picks and then one wild card that's outside of that. That could be a huge long shot. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I did bet Brooks at 22 to one. I think that's a super fair number for him. Um, he's just a, he's a major machine and getting him over 20, I think is, it's like a must bet for me. Um, even though I, you know, he's more of a U.S. Open PGA Championship guy, I, I just think Brooks at over twenty in a major, I got to do it. Um, I mentioned Cantlay, you know, around thirty. I think there's value there. I haven't bet it yet. Um, let me see. I bet. I bet Gooch. I don't want to be all live guys, but I did bet Gooch at eighty. Um, thinking about Adberg, seeing him at one hundred and twenty-five to one, um, and how about Corey Connors? Oh, a little Canadian action there. Like it. I love okay, that so you had Brooksy Cantlay. Uh, Gooch and Connors. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I was going to say Cantley too, just thinking about how he's top 30 in almost every statistical category. Uh, so he seems like a good pick there. I want to bet Hovland, um, but the number, I, I oh, yeah, the number is too low for me now. If, if I could get him, like, you know, he's, I'm seeing 18. 16 like below 20 to 1 if you're getting brooks at 22 and hovland at 18 i don't it doesn't make sense to me so. i'm on DraftKings right now and they have hovland at plus 2200 that if i can find that number i'm looking at two books right now and i don't see that but if i can find that i might i might end up laying that with with hovland too 
And that could be a good one to take a little bit later on because I think to your point, a lot of people are looking at them and I'm looking at a number of 1,500. So um, he could be dropping just because it isn't a great number to get action on at that like 15 to 1 or 1,500 yeah. um, point. So, all right. I was going to say... Um, can't late, but I'm going to go with Shafle. He's been playing well for far too long. The guy just shows up 28, maybe 29 straight make cuts in a row. Uh, got the longest streak by quite a bit. And then I think it's Scotty right behind him. So I'm going to go with Xander as my first pick. Um, I'm going to take a Matt Fitzpatrick. Pretty good ball striker. He's gained some distance over the last few years, and um, I think he's going to be excited to play along with his brother. So that's kind of a cool experience for him. Um, Let's see. Who else are we looking at here? I'll take Victor just because nobody really took him, and I'm not looking at it from a betting angle, more so looking at it uh, just from a straight who can win. And then I'm going to steal Al's from last week, and my wild card is going to be Patty. Maybe he can use some of his knowledge from um, all of his years on tour. Maybe the old grizzled vet can get it done. I think it's going to be a boat race getting to minus 18, minus 19. Um, So he may not have the firepower to get there, but I think he's going to be in the mix. And one more good showing could probably lock him up for a spot on the Ryder Cup team. So those are my guys. Looking at Xander, Fitzpatrick. Who else did I have? Hovland and Patty. What do you guys think the the winning score is going to be? I mean, I'm not sure if the weather is going to be that rainy and that that they're going to get to you know a minus 18 and yeah the number that sticks out in my head is like a 12 okay. but what do you think i i just said i i think it's going to be like between 16 and 18 i think is going to be the score you look at the scores historically went in there it is in that range and i don't see the course changing enough over the last few years for it to go down very much but yeah i'll go with 16 18 i i just submitted a pool lineup and the tiebreaker was the winning score and i'm pretty sure i went with 15 under yeah it's like we've been talking about the last few weeks it's almost like a lot of courses get set up to hit that 15 under number um and i'm stealing michael kim's line there because um, that's what you kind of explain from a pro's perspective what they set it up to and it makes sense the more you watch golf and then it comes into what are those conditions going to be um which can sway it so high winds can drop that number by a couple of strokes no wind a bit of rain softens up the course you could be looking at a minus 20 number so um yeah i don't think that 15 numbers too bad I think that's a good one for you. That's another episode of the Good Buddy Sports Bar. Really appreciate everybody who's come out and supported us so far, listening to the podcast, giving your feedback. 
much appreciated. Remember to give us a follow on Apple Music and Spotify. You can find us on our socials at the Good Buddy Sports Bar on Instagram and at the GBSB on Twitter. You can find me at SkinnyBert2 on Twitter also. Again, much appreciated and look forward to seeing you next week.